Welcome to the Compelling Words Podcast. The Word of God is meant to move us. It's meant to call us to action. Listen in as Kevin Purdy teaches and presents a genuine and compelling message from the Word of God. It's fun to see kids and their thoughts on Christmas and what it means to them and their version of how things took place. It's uh, fun to hear them share what the Christmas story is. Christmas in the eyes of a child is a very special and a very magical time. Do you remember any of the misunderstandings or the imaginations that you had as a child? Um, I, remember, I remember hearing the song Silent Night, and I remember thinking that the words round yon virgin Mother and child. I remember thinking about those words. Round young virgin, mother and child. And I knew, I knew the virgin was Mary. I assumed that Jan meant young. And then I just figured that round must have been round. She was pregnant. She was with child. So she had to be, so she was round. So round young virgin meant that Mary was young and round. That's kind of what I thought. But actually, Jan is an abbreviation for yonder, over there. And then Ron is, a, is an abbreviation for around. Round is a, Jan around was the, actually what it means. So round Jan virgin isn't declaring that Mary is young and round. If you keep it in context of the previous line, it's all is calm, all is bright. Round Jan virgin, mother and child, simply means that all is calm and bright around the virgin over there. That's all it means. I remember thinking that silent night called Mary young and round. I also remember the mystery and the magic of the Christmas traditions. I remember the excitement and the anticipation that Santa Claus was on his way. You know, I remember very distinctly being very certain that I just heard reindeer footprints on the roof. I remember opening presents on Christmas morning and I remember some of the gifts that I was given. But if I'm to be totally honest, I don't remember Everything. In fact, there's probably more about Christmas that I have forgot than there is that I actually remember. I don't remember everything. I don't remember every Christmas. I don't remember every gift. I don't remember exactly how I felt and what I thought. I don't remember every moment of every Christmas. In fact, I've seen pictures that give evidence of moments that I just don't remember. But there's one thing about Christmas that I hope that I never forget. And I hope none of us ever do. Christmas is a celebration of the incarnation. Christmas is when God took flesh. Now, yes, the details are very incredible to consider. It is very incredible to stop and consider all the details of the Christmas story. A journey to Bethlehem. No room at the end. A humble birth in rough circumstances. A manger used as a crib. Angels and shepherds. Magi led by a star bringing gifts. The threat 
of a dangerous king, a warning given in a dream, a young family escaping as refugees. It is all very fascinating. But the amazing, unforgettable truth at the center of all of that is Jesus, the incarnation, God in the flesh. Now, please listen close. I need you to listen close because I don't want to be misunderstood with this. But Jesus was not born on Christmas Day. Jesus was not born at all. When I say that he wasn't born, what I'm saying is that he was never created. He never came into existence. Jesus is within the Trinity of God. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, three in one. In the Gospel of John, John uses the title of the Word in reference to Jesus. And in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, in the very beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, as God, has always pre-existed. Jesus was with God in the Trinity, even at the creation of the world. The miracle of Christmas is that Jesus became human. He took flesh. And yes, in that sense, in that sense, we can say that he was born. And Christmas is our celebration of that moment. Christmas is our celebration of that moment. Jesus did not become any less God when he was born unto us. He did not lose any of his divinity. But humanity was added onto his divinity. He is 100% God and 100% man. One person, the Son of God with two natures, fully God and fully human. That's what makes the Christmas story. That's what makes it so unforgettable. Now in the movies, in the movies, the hero drops out of the sky and he had flashes of lightning and thunder and all this power. And he's got a flowing cape and his, his gaze is set with determination and strength. God came to us in the most humble of circumstances. God came to us as one of us. God came to know us. And God came to save us. God came to us without becoming less than God, but by becoming one of us, human. Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8 says, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. John 3, verse 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
God promised us a Messiah that would save us. And the birth of Jesus is when God fulfilled that promise. The Messiah was born. You see, without the incarnation, there is no salvation. Without the incarnation, there's no salvation. Without salvation, we remain guilty for our sin and we earn the punishment that is due. Without Christmas, there's no Easter. Without the manger, there's no cross. But because Jesus was born, we have a Savior. Romans 5, verse 12, and then verse 15 through 17 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man's death reigned throughout the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? When the Bible speaks of death in this context, it's beyond just our physical death. It's a reference to eternal judgment. And the Apostle Paul reminds us that sin came into the world through one man, through Adam. And then he says that all of us have sinned. And death, punishment, is over all of us. But the gift is not like the trespass. The gift is the gift of God's grace. The gift is the grace of God. Adam brought sin into this world. Jesus brings grace into this world. Adam's disobedience brought death, a judgment for sin. And Jesus' obedience brought life, salvation, forgiveness for sin. Let us not forget. Let us not forget that Christmas is a celebration of Jesus because Jesus is our Savior. Have you really stopped to think about that? Have you really stopped to to hear the words that we sing, the words of our Christmas carols? Those songs remind us why we celebrate Jesus. They remind us that he is our salvation. In the song, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, Tidings of comfort and joy come from knowing that Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. And hark the herald angels sing. We learn that only through the newborn king can God and sinners be reconciled. We're also reminded that Jesus, being God, took on human flesh. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. And then in the song, And What Child Is This? In the second verse, we find these lyrics. Nails, spears shall pierce him through, the cross be born for me, for you. In the song in the first Noel, 
we sing, Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord, who hath made heaven and earth of naught, and with his blood mankind hath bought. And then in joy to the world, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. Those songs tell us the reason we celebrate Jesus, the reason we celebrate Jesus at Christmas is not for just some story. We celebrate Jesus at Christmas because Jesus is our Savior. And it's by Him that we are saved from our own sins. You see, I don't think, I don't think those songs have endured and that are sung every Christmas just because of tradition. I don't think those songs have endured and they're sung every Christmas just because of tradition. I think the deep truth of that gospel message resonates in our hearts. Christmas celebrates our Savior. Christmas celebrates our Savior. And so, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and all the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, our Christmas holiday, our Christmas holiday is very loud. Lots of noise. Lots of rushing. Lots of busyness. Bright colors. Big productions. All of that, all of that, a lot of things to get done. And sometimes it becomes so easy to forget. A Savior was given, laid in a manger, God with us, Emmanuel. It's a moment we should never forget because it's a moment in our history that changed everything. One night a little boy was trying to get to sleep, but he was afraid. He shouted down from his bedroom, Dad, Dad, it's dark up here, I'm scared. 
His father shouted back, Don't be afraid. God is with you. After a few seconds, the boy yelled out again, Dad, Dad, please come here. I need somebody with skin on. That's what the incarnation is. It's God in the flesh. It fills our hearts with wonder, with love, with gratitude. Because the baby in the manger was more than a baby. He was our Savior. And when he grew up and became a man, he laid down his life for us. No one else could do for us what Jesus did. No one else is capable to do for us what Jesus did. Because he was and he is God and he was and he is without sin. As the divine son, only he could satisfy God's own judgment against us and the demand for perfect obedience. As the incarnate son, only he could identify with us as our representative and our substitute. Our salvation, the payment of our sin and our full restoration to a right standing with God is only accomplished by Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of Jesus, our relationship with God became different. Because Jesus, our relationship with God became different. Because before Jesus, there was this big element of fear between God and us. In the Old Testament, think about it. People were afraid to approach the mountain of God. Only the priest could go into the temple for worship. Through Jesus... That relationship changed. Through Jesus, the relationship with God became intimate and personal. Years ago, there was an article in the Christian Standard Magazine by Matt Proctor. Matt wrote about his two boys. And at that time, his son Carl was five years old and his son Conrad was three. And he said this, he said, they love to dress, they love it when I dress like them. After they put on jeans and a blue t-shirt, they'll come and ask me to wear jeans and a blue t-shirt. And when I do, they have a saying. They'll look me up, they'll look themselves over, and they'll say, Look, Dad, same, same. For my birthday, Carl bought me a North Carolina blue mesh shirt because he has a North Carolina blue mesh shirt. And we would be same, same. When I play living room football with my boys... They won't let me play when I'm standing up big and tall and scary. They make me get down on my knees. And I get down on my knees and they put their hands on my shoulders and they look me in the eye and they say, Look, Dad, same, same. They like it when I enter their world. One summer he said, I scraped my leg working on the house. When Conrad fell down and scraped his leg, he pointed at my scab and then at his scab. And he said, Hey, Dad, same, same. Here's the point. God himself has felt what we feel. In the incarnation, he chose not to stay completely other and distant. He got down at eye level. And in the incarnation, God experienced what it's like to be tired and discouraged. He knows what it's like to hurt and to bleed. On the cross, Jesus himself prayed out a psalm of lament and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In your pain, you may be tempted to say, God, you have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea how bad I'm hurting. But God can respond and say, yes, I do. He can point to your wounds, and then he can point to his own, and he could say, look, same, same. Me too, I've entered your world, and I know how you feel. I've been there. 
I'm with you now. I care for you. And I can help. Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. God has been with us. He lived as one of us. He knows us. He knows our struggles. He knows our pain. He knows our weakness. He knows our temptations. He knows our joy. He knows our sorrows. Jesus was born into our humanity, so he knows us, but he never lost his divinity. So he was capable to take our sin, and not his own, but to take our sin upon himself. That's what the incarnation is all about. He was born so that he can go to the cross and die for our sins. He was born so that death could be defeated and eternal life could be given. He was born to conquer the grave, light of the world, the reason for Christmas Day. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment to rate this podcast. And if you'd like to leave a comment, please send an email to c.wordspodcast at gmail.com. May the word of God be living and active in your life.